Hey friends, this is Mother Natalia and we have a very exciting announcement for you. We are in celebration of our upcoming 200th episode. We'd like to put together a video including a bunch of you. So what we're asking is for you to send a 20 to 30 second video or audio if you're not comfortable with that. Um, yeah, sharing just some of the fruit that this podcast has borne in your life that you think it would be good to share with other listeners. We're asking you then to send us this video or audio clip by uploading it to Google Drive and then sharing it with our friend who is putting the video together. His name is David Bratnick. So upload to Google Drive and then share it with D-B-R-A-T-N-I-C-K at gmail.com. And we're going to ask you to have these submissions in by March 18th. The video can be filmed either vertically or horizontally. David just asks that you try to record it in a relatively quiet area for easier editing. Um, also, we recorded this way after we recorded this week's episode. So whatever time we give for the hashtag banner haters in the intro is just totally incorrect and you'll want to add this onto it. Hello, dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. This is Father Michael, and today's episode is Mother Natalia's. This is a very emotional and vulnerable episode for her, as you will see, and it's a very beautiful way that she shares her heart for the benefit of all. Um, she's talking about exile and basically that we are in exile right now. And the fathers speak of this, St. John Climacus especially, talks about exile as in being separate from our home, but also the fact that we are, are strangers, um, that we are living in this world but not of it, and then that involves the process of pilgrimage. She ties it into how quickly she makes friends and loves people and how deep that is and how she is so discontent with this world. So it's... Um, the way that she shares her heart is just an evidence in real life of what we all know our spiritual life should be, as she does usually. So if you are a hashtag banter hater, please skip ahead 10 minutes and 40 seconds or two that's timestamp, but you will miss a great discussion on how to spell Christian Lovren's daughter. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Hi, Father Michael. Hello, Mother Taya. Could you turn yourself up just a little bit? Yeah. It's, um, well, I wasn't really close to the mic. I think I'm better oh. now. Am I okay, okay now? You're better in multiple ways than you were yesterday because you grow in holiness every day <laughs> through the ascesis of your monastic right. life and your receptivity to the grace of God. Uh huh. Um, is my volume okay now, though, actually? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, hey, it's almost your birthday. It is. Three what days. Is today, Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to, it's going to be epic. So Moratis, my friends, throw me a birthday party every year on the Super Bowl, at the Super Bowl, at their house. But this year, <laughs> at the, the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl <laughs> but this that would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? But this year, the Super Bowl is on um, Cheese Fair Sunday, on Forgiveness Sunday. Mm. So... Also, I have a friend, I don't know if I, I don't know if she's inviting the whole world, so I'm going to not say explain what it is, but a friend who has a pierogi party every year on 
she's fair Sunday. So I'm going to have to pull the very typical Father Michael thing, which I pride myself in, and that's hitting multiple parties in one evening, including my own birthday party. So I think I'm going to go watch the Super Bowl, celebrate with them, shoot over to the other house for a while. They have a bishop this year at the other house, a Roman Catholic bishop visiting for the party. So it's like, I will be... For the pierogi party? (laughs) I will be sitting at the end of the table and only invited up if they want to invite me up. Um, So then I will do that and then I'll rush back to the Super Bowl slash Father Michael's birthday party. Nice. Um, You're getting pretty old. So I was sitting with a friend, uh, shout out to Greta. Last night we had her birthday party. Yesterday was my day off. And we went to this amazing jazz lounge in Ventura, California called The Grape. This, this jazz lounge is so unassuming that the front sign is like neon grapes that make it look like a cheap wine, like a, like a place where you buy wine. We have lots of those in California here. But it's, it's just like this cheap kind of art that that's like neon art in the shape of a grape. And then it has, it just says the grape and it's in papyrus font. You know, that cliche Mm -hmm. font. Mm -hmm. It looks like the most boring, like place to go buy cheap Josh wine like that. That's what it looks like in the front. And you go in and it is this epic two room. They've spray painted Billie Holiday and Louis Armstrong and this beautiful art on the walls. They have two stages, a full bar with the most amazing alcohol you could ever imagine, plenty of seating. And then on Tuesday nights, they have a basically a, a jazz band that is the house band. And then if you want to play an instrument, if you want to sing, you go sign up and you go up there and you just play with the band. Like, oh, you want to play bass? Here's a bass. You want to play drums? Here's a set of drums. You want to sing? Here's, here's something you can sing. And Abigail sang, and then it was my friend Greta's birthday. And she says, I'm feeling old. And, I, and she looked at me I and she goes, I couldn't remember what I said that started this. Am and I, I was getting like, where old? is this story coming okay. from? <laughs> <laughs> That's where we were. And okay, she said, am, am I getting old? old? And I said, how old are you? She said, 23. And I said, you are literally, <laughs> literally on Saturday. Your birthday's today. My birthday's like what, four days from now. I'm going to be exactly double your age. Yeah. So why'd you look at me when there's a bunch of other 20-somethings sitting around this table and ask, am I old? Because she wanted you to make her feel better. And this is true. This is true. So Greta, you are, you, if you are old, then holy schmoly's. No, she's... She just they're a bunch of TAC grads, so they're yeah. all they're all just like, oh, but I do with my life now. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no TAC offense grads. to any of our listeners who are yeah. Um, the do you know what's sweet though is your birthday. Um, every year, your birthday marks another year that you've been my spiritual father because you. I asked you to be my spiritual father like right around oh, your birthday. It was within a week of it. Like best present, give or take ever. a week. Aw, for me. Okay. And me. We can't do that anymore. It's okay. getting it's getting real cheesy. <laughs> so uh but it's been thirteen years. That's wow. crazy. That does make me feel old, actually. I'm a teenager. <laughs> and you look exactly the I'm same. I'm your teenager. <laughs> You're my teenager. Yeah. I bet if we pulled up a photo, you would look exactly the same and I would no look way. so different. <laughs> because I think I used to cut my hair to level three back then, which means I had a lot of it, like enough to actually cut it to a level three and have it look halfway normal. Uh-huh. And I guarantee you there was no gray in my beard, which is now definitely oh, for taking sure. over. Yeah. Um, I assure did you, I, I did, I, did not I look I tell the same you, either. Did I tell you who I got mis- mistaken for the other day? Maybe like a few months ago. That's why I'm thinking I already told you. Uh, um, I don't remember. Do you know the band Limp Biscuit? I've heard of them. Okay, so the lead singer of Limp Bizkit, 
Um, I'm going to think of his name in a moment. I, I'm spacing it right now, but he has he does look a lot like me. He has a shaved head now and a full beard, but but the the beard is fully gray. Um, and he actually has been growing it out more recently. Oh my gosh, listeners screaming at their radios. I'll think of, I'm going to yell it out mid podcast. But anyway, okay. y'all know y'all those of you that are my age. Hopefully you don't know the limp, band Limp Bizkit because it was pretty foul. Um, but anyway, don't don't look up Limp Bizkit. You can Google Limp Bizkit <laughs> lead singer 2023 or 2024 just to see what I'm talking about. But do not listen to music. Um, Father's orders. Can I tell you something really yes. embarrassing that happened Knew today? It. And I'm going to tell you, this is a public... I told the girl that I was talking with when it happened, I was like, I'm recording a podcast today and I need to share this on the <laughs> podcast because it's wow. so great. All right. Okay, so and it, it made me think of you. So what? Fred Durst. That was his name. Fred Durst. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, I was I was on a call today uh, with a discerner and a FaceTime call, and so she, I, we were talking about reading, and she held up the book that she. Um, is about to start reading. Okay. Uh, have we talked on the podcast before about the movie Integrate Silence? I've talked about it a lot. And what I've always... Okay, so I always heard it. But I had never seen the title. And when people mentioned oh. the movie, I thought it was one word, Integrate <laughs> Silence. Because it totally, knowing, yes. the mo- knowing what the movie's about, it sounds oh, like that would work, right? Integrate that's silence. Awesome. Yep. Um, Integrate because silence. most people don't say into <laughs> great silence. Uh, they say into great silence. So, anyways, this was one of those moments. She holds up this book. I've heard of this book many times, most recently from you, Father Michael. Uh, and from Mother Petra, I think. I've heard of this. Don't guess what it is because you're going to ruin my life. Um, and whenever I've heard of it, bear in mind, I have no idea what the plot is. I have no idea what this book is about. I just know a lot of people have talked about it. It's like, anyways. And as soon as I read the title, I realize this is the book that everyone has been talking <laughs> about that I always thought was Kristen Laverin's daughter. <laughs> yes. No, that is very common. That is oh, very really? common. Oh, yeah. It's so, so Catholic Stuff years ago did a podcast on this. Okay. And they never spelled it out. So then our poor social media guy and our email guy for Catholic Stuff was getting inundated with people spending way too long looking for this book called Kristen Lawrence's daughter. Um, yes. Yes. So it, that's oh, why that I- Oh, that makes me feel so much better. Yeah, no, no. It is, it is, you, that is not embarrassing to you at all. <laughs> I, I would say most Americans who have not read that, it's a book by Sigrid Unset. And by the way, for those of you listening who thought it was the same thing, um, God bless you. Um, I'm sure even our listeners are like, I thought it was too. So don't, you're, you're, that you're not- That makes me feel better. So it, it's Kristen, that's the first name. Her last name is Lovren's daughter, D-A-T-T-E-R. Yeah. And it like does very come German from- last, Very German name. But it does mean Lovren's daughter. That's oh. what Lovren's daughter means. It's okay. just a different way of spelling it. So okay. Lovren's daughter is her last name, but her dad was his last name was her dad's name like was like the last Lovren's. name Jackson, like son of Jack. Exactly. Okay. So Lovren's daughter is just the daughter of Lovren's. Okay. Yes. Okay. So you're not you're not far off. Oh. But it's okay. all one word in yeah. the in the ways of those up north. 
That's well, anyways, that's just really funny. It just was another integrate silence moment for me. <laughs> integrate silence is a lot funnier, actually. That's really funny. And I, I was thinking, I, I want to put that as a podcast. I want to put that as a hashtag, except that people will be like, ooh. This must be a, this podcast must be an integrating silence. I'm like, I don't want to put that because people will have all these expectations for this podcast episode, which is Whoops. yours. So I'm sure it's amazing. Um, but <laughs> if it's not about integrating silence, then let's not do that. Mm. It's not about integrating silence. Okay. Um, so great transition, not really, um, nice. but we're doing it. So I feel a little bit bad because I don't know what. I don't know what I'm talking about. And also, I'm basically just repeating kind of an entire episode that's already been done. So there we go. But as I talked about last time, I can only share the fruits of my prayer. And this has been all consuming in my prayer for the last two weeks. So that's what we're talking about. So you're saying that your lack of prep is Jesus' fault. Yes. Blame everything on Jesus. That's what I love to do. Um, I actually do that probably far too frequently. (laughs) Uh, He doesn't mind. No, he doesn't. He's very good. Uh, He's the goodest. So Mother Petra and I recorded a podcast a couple months back called The Ache Speaks. And that's basically what I'm talking about again. Uh, only when she and I talked about it, we were we quoted probably like two-thirds of the writings of C.S. Lewis. <laughs> and this time I'm quoting some Eastern stuff. So I guess we're having a little different perspective. Um, she also on the ache yells. <laughs> or, or yes! The, the, oh. the ache is impatient and... <laughs> And screams. Yes, that's what's been <laughs> happening. So also, I might cry because this is such a tender place of my heart right now. It really is. Okay. And I'm just being super vulnerable in this episode. So everyone... I'm, I'm turning down the part of my brain that says, tease Mother Natalia. Thank you. Um, okay. uh, yes, now is the time to do that. Thank okay. you. Um, just don't say that I'm too sensitive. So... Have you listened to that that episode yet? Because if not, you need to. It's amazing with Father no, Boniface. I, can we just can we just write down though that that to talk about the fact that you think I think you're too sensitive for our next spiritual direction? Yeah, because you don't I think, think I'm I, too I sensitive think though. I don't. I know. Okay. okay, good. No, I know you don't. We've okay. talked about this before. Okay, You've good. never ever ever told I me I'm totally too sensitive. I totally misunderstood what you just referenced then. No. Yeah, okay. I just said like, don't tell me I'm too sensitive because I'm feeling very sensitive because of right this now. topic. Okay. Yes, because of this topic. Um, yeah, you've yes, no. Let's clear that up for everybody. Father Michael has never told me that I'm too sensitive, <laughs> nor do I think you ever would say that. Okay, um, good. You handle my sensitive heart very beautifully. So, um, that actually is a good transition. Um, my heart is being totally cracked open, um, mm. and. It's been really frustrating. <laughs> um, and I'm basically just like, Jesus, you could stop doing this now because I know that it's really beautiful. Um, and I know that you want my heart to be so open, but it's getting to be really painful and I can't take it. So please stop. Um, except I'm not actually saying that to him because I don't want him to stop because I know it's for my good and the good of the world. And so I'm not asking him to stop, but some part of me wants to ask him to stop. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. 
and and yeah I've been walking around with basically just like this bruised aching heart all the time um and I'll get into like why that is in a moment in very vague terms because as we've talked about <laughs> on the podcast before like <laughs> you and I are both vulnerable on the podcast but also there's boundaries and also yeah like all the things um prudence and yep. um and um it's all very good it's just that like these are places of my heart that are for spiritual direction and for the lord and etc um but as i've been walking around with this like bruised heart and this aching um there is a we had someone um on retreat recently and one of um the graces that he shared with me from retreat was the phrase exile is hard and like this was his grace but the poor guy didn't know like no actually that was for me so sorry that you had to go through that um <laughs> uh because i'm like yes this is it this is what's been happening to my heart for the last couple of weeks and then has continued to happen for the couple of weeks since then is that exile is hard and it reminded me of um Several years ago, I was praying about, I was so angry with God for bringing me to Ohio. And I'm really sorry, all of you listeners who are from Ohio. And I know I've talked about this before and I've grown to love things about Ohio. And so please know that. But when I first came here, I was just angry at God because he brought me here from Colorado and I love Colorado and it's the people, but I also just love the mountains, right? And again, we've talked about that a million times on this podcast, how much I love the mountains. Um, but I was, when I was like so angry at the Lord and being like, why did you bring me here? Like, I find you in the mountains. When I'm in the mountains, I pray well, I feel close to you. It's not even just this like natural earthly consolation, right? It's like, a very divine experience for me. Um, and, um, and after throwing this total temper tantrum in prayer, uh, what I received was, have you considered, I brought you away from the mountains because I didn't want you to be fooled into thinking this is your home. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, I realized like, the truth that I can get far too comfortable in this life. Like if I can, this is part of the beauty of the monastic life, right? Is um, celibacy in general, but monasticism in particular is the reality is that nobody is fulfilled here on earth. It's like the whole episode, the whole episode I did on, um, very cleverly called whose time is it anyway? Uh, about like, as a monastic, we feel very acutely that our time is not our own, uh, because there's obedience and there's the people who show up at the door and there's, uh, whatever, um, there's our strict horarium and, and all of that. And so it's very obvious that our time is not our own. 
But the thing is, that's the reality for everybody. And that's just felt very acutely as a monastic, which is a great gift, right? Because when you're in the world, it's not that your time is your own, but it's much easier to fool yourself into thinking it is. The Similarly, same thing happens to people when they go from being a parent, being being single to being a parent. Yeah, being married, single to sudden, getting married, and then married to having and kids. To having yeah. kids, all of a sudden you're like, my time is defined by other people, not myself right. anymore at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and and it's like to some degree that's always the truth, right? Um, but it's just felt more acutely and more yeah intensely in certain lifestyles and. Um, so similarly, it's like when I was in the world, I could arrange things. I could live in the place that I wanted. I could surround myself by the people that I wanted. I could do the activities that I wanted that were very consoling to me. Um, and that brought me close to the Lord, right? So I'm not even, again, I'm not speaking of like bad things. I'm talking about the good things that bring us to God. Um, Mm -hmm. but the ways that we want to experience God not necessarily the ways that he's inviting us to. And we can like console ourselves enough into this place of comfort. And, um, and then we can become attached to this life and forget that this life is not what we're living for. Um, because right now we're living in exile, right? Mm-hmm. And appropriately halfway between probably when we're recording this podcast and when it comes out um, is the first Sunday of the Great Fast. Um, Sorry, not the first Sunday of the Great Fast, Cheese Fair Sunday, which is um, when you're celebrating your birthday. Wait, that doesn't Mm -hmm. make sense. It's when I'm celebrating my birthday, not actually, it's not on my birthday. It's the weekend after your birthday. On on Super Bowl, yes. Yeah, okay. Because your birthday's on Meat Fair Saturday. Correct. Meat Fair, yeah. Okay, so... We just always celebrate it with the Super Bowl because I I don't have any friends, and then it makes me feel like I have friends because they come for the Super Bowl. Wow, and they kind of stick around. Just entirely (laughs) not true. (laughs) You have like more friends than anybody I know. (laughs) So that's, anyways. You probably just made everyone feel bad who actually doesn't (laughs) have friends. (laughs) Here's a hint: if you don't have any friends, celebrate your your birthday on the Super Bowl. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> um, they're like, but my birthday's in March. No, wait, that was way too close. Um, my birthday. People will in believe you. They're not going to check your birth certificate. <laughs> um, Sorry, don't listen to me at all. This yeah, gonna, don't. Go back and to and if you don't have friends, Mother Natalia is your friend, and just know that. <laughs> and it's true. I mean that. Um, I agree. I'll I'll second that. If you don't have friends, Mother Natalia is your friend. <laughs> I do. You're going to say that. Dang. <laughs> You're getting too predictable in your old age. I know. Okay, so, oh <laughs> um, so cheese fair Sunday, forgiveness Sunday, also known as the. It's when we celebrate. Celebrate is a weird word. Um, it's when we commemorate the expulsion of Adam and Eve from paradise, um, and and all of our propers for the day are talking about like I've been cast out of paradise. I've been cast out of Eden. Um, give me, like, bring me back to paradise, right? And that's the whole journey of Lent is the the practicing the ascesis to come back to paradise. Uh, and and this is the irony. And and it's what I, I thought of it when we were talking on my episode a couple times ago about fasting, um, about how this is why the eating so simply and eating the foods that I really don't like and getting sick of eating and only eating for the sake of, giving my body the nutrients that it needs um, 
helps me to focus on heaven because I'm like denying myself those earthly consolations. Um, And so this is what's happening during the great fast is we're stripping away all of the things that are earthly consolations. Again, good things, right? Um, We are fasting from goods that God has given us. We're not just fasting from like sin, right? No, that's the thing. The sin is the thing that we're supposed to be working to give up all the time. Um, But we're stripping away these earthly consolations uh, in this time of of exile (laughs) Um, and and refocusing on the paradise that we're aiming for. Um, And... Yeah, which I think it's appropriate that we also, during the time of the Great Fast, we're reading from Exodus um, because uh, like obvious correlations, right, of wandering in the desert, just like we are during Lent and so on and so forth. But I think that they're they're very similar concepts, this Exodus and this exile. Um, They're not the same word, right? Exodus is the Greek word that means the road out, I think, or the way out. Uh, and exile comes from the Latin and it means a banishment. But, um, but I think that the same, we're experiencing both of those in our soul. Like we're, we're exiled from paradise and, and we're on the exodus. We're on the journey, the way out, um, from Egypt into the promised land. Right. Um, yeah. I'm going to read something from the Ladder of Divine Ascent, but if you want to say something first, that's fine. Sure. Um, I think this, the the heart of this is is what you hinted at, that we, we need to make sure that we're not content. We're not content in exile. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, that's what our Lord is saying to you about Colorado. You know, there's, um, we are, we get, we... <laughs> It's almost like what what happens to me in a good way when I get moved from Colorado to California and I am able to, I, I start to see because of the friendships God gives me and things like this, I'm able to basically say, okay, Lord, all of my fears I had of moving away from family and friends, those fears are gone. The 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 desire to see them is still there. It will always be there, but the the fears are gone. Um, because you've given me something here, mm-hmm. but but so but that that that's a good thing. That's a gift. But we need to say we don't want to become too at home. Though there was a Father Thomas Hopko, who you and I've talked about before, he had this great reflection upon the prodigal son, and he said that basically imagine the prodigal son leaves home goes to the pig pen, does not have the conviction to return home and ends up having, getting a wife. And he, he was, it's beautiful. He goes, uh, he gets a wife in the pig pen and he has kids in the pig pen and then they have kids in the pig pen. And so all of a sudden this whole society move, this whole society builds up around the pig pen. And now all of a sudden the next generation comes the next generation, and they forget that they have a home. The mm. pig pen has become their home. Mm-hmm. And so all of the all of the separation from God and basically the the house of God is forgotten. Mm. It's totally forgotten. So like that's the type of thing that the devil is playing the long game to get us to be very content. And even like as he says, is there really a father's house? Mm-hmm. Like 
that's all that that my great great grandfather used to talk about his father's house that was like you know far away where where we were loved and welcomed. But but you know we become content here and it's hard, but we're content and we just we forgot the father's house existed. We forgot that God has called us to something else, and that becomes the normal. And then you kind of make fun of those who still believe in the father's house. You know, mm-hmm. no, no, with the big pet is all there is now. This is life. You know, you can see this around you. You can't see the father's house. You know, how dare you say there's something else we should be moving towards and working towards? But this is we we need to make sure that we are discontent with with the the place of exile. Yeah. And then in a sense desire exodus, desire to, to leave this in order to go back to where we were. Yeah. Uh yeah, I love that. Um I haven't I haven't heard that before from Father Thomas Hopko. I like yeah. a lot of what he has to say, but I haven't heard that one before. Or if I had I'd forgotten it. Um Yeah, and it's you know, it's like the we also need to remember what we've been promised. You know, because like in the Exodus, this is why this is why the people why God's telling Moses and the Israelites over and over again, you know, like teach this to your children. Remember that this happened. Remember that the Lord did this. Remember, remember, because they're just remembering how much less worse it was in Egypt. And like, we should just go back to Egypt where at least we had food and at least, you know, and, um, and I think sometimes we choose the comfort of what is known above the discomfort Mm -hmm. that's leading us to something greater. Yes. Um, Because we don't like to be in the unknown. So I think it's Psalm 137 that says, yeah. yeah. If but, I forget you, O Jerusalem, at my right hand. Yeah, I'm gonna. I want to talk about that psalm a little bit. Okay, I was. Nice. I almost. Cool. I was gonna sing it. I have it with me. No, I was it. gonna sing the whole do thing. It. No, do I'm it. not gonna do it. Um, I'm not gonna do it. But I thought about it. I was like, because this is what we sing preparing for Lent by the waters. Mm-hmm. It's by the waters of Babylon. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, exactly. okay. Uh, I want to share something from the Ladder of Divine Ascent. Uh, by St. John Climacus. And by the way, can I bug you again to sing it? Because it is hauntingly beautiful. The hymns, uh, I'll think about it. it. Comes. Okay. I'll think about it. Um, maybe if there's time. So the I, I can't do the last line very well of any of the stanzas, is the reason I'm hesitating the most. So if we're willing for me to mess up, it up a little mother, bit, humble yeah. up. Humble up. Okay, I'll think about it. So. I, we've given this disclaimer before, I'm sure. Uh, I would hope. I don't know. In the last like year or so, I've become gentler and <laughs> realized the importance of this disclaimer. So if I haven't given it before, now's the time. Don't just pick up the Ladder of Divine Ascent and read it because yeah. you need help and it's really intense and it's really like you need context and you need guidance and all of those things. So don't just, like, if you love this quote, don't just be like, I should read the whole Ladder of Divine Ascent. Um, so There are a couple versions of it out there for the beginning reader or for the lay person, the non-monastic, okay. in other words. And I don't, I've never read either of them, um, but there are two that pop up all the time. And uh, so anyway, th- those may be worth looking at too. I can't guarantee it, but they may be worth it. So I want to read the first um, pa- paragraph. 
technically, it's only two sentences, but uh, of step three of the ladder. So step three is on exile. And this is what St. John Climacus says about exile. But the first thing I want to note is that the editor makes a note on the title of this step. So it's the the title that the editor gives to it is on exile or pilgrimage. And the note says, this is a double translation for a single Greek word, which means living as a stranger and might be translated unworldliness. But several considerations, notably paragraphs 6 and 22 of this chapter, have led me to think that in our author's time, the word contained a notion of movement also and might be rendered pilgrimage. However, in the text, we have kept the word exile. So I really, I really like this concept that uh, exile is, is not just a banishment away from, it's a pilgrimage, right? Mm-hmm. And which is why I think it's like so related to, an, to the exodus. It's, it's not just a, a random wandering. It's not just a vagrancy, but a, um, I don't know if that's a word. I might've just made that up, uh, but it's a, a pilgrimage. But this is the first paragraph. This is what St. John Climacus says about exile. Exile means that we, we leave forever everything in our own country that prevents us from reaching the goal of piety. Exile means modest manners, wisdom which remains unknown, prudence not recognized as such by most, a hidden life, an invisible intention, unseen meditation, Desire for humiliation, longing for hardship, constant determination to love God, abundance of love, renunciation of vainglory, depth of silence. You could say integrate silence. Hmm. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I really like this paragraph because the part of what he's saying is like there's so much hiddenness in the exile, right? And and so much of what's happening in exile is this interior reality uh, that's unseen. And, and I, I also just really appreciate that. I think that people can have this misconception that as we, as we go further away from the world, like maybe monastics, that um, that detachment means um, apathy. And that detachment means... Um. Yeah, like an unfeelingness, right? A stoicism, mm-hmm. and and that's not what happens. Like Climacus is saying here, that there's an abundance of love that comes from from this exile, and uh, similarly, this is a quote from the Philokalia from Hezekiah, Saint Hezekiah. Uh, it's from his texts on watchfulness and holiness. He says, if we preserve as we should that purity of heart or watch and guard of the intellect whose image is the New Testament, this will not only uproot all passions and evils from our hearts. So if we're, if we're striving for purity of heart, we're preserving purity of heart, um, which is the goal of asceticism. It will not only uproot all passions and evils from our hearts, it will also introduce joy hopefulness, compunction, sorrow, tears, an understanding of ourselves and our sins, mindfulness of death, true humility, unlimited love of God and man, 
and an intense and heartfelt longing for the divine. Um, Hezekiah is saying that like, as we preserve purity of heart, the longing becomes more intense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a longing for the divine. But he also says that there's an unlimited love of God and man. It's not like, it's not like we, um, it's not like we rise above our love for man in order to love God. Mm. Um, like the two are very much the same, right? Coming from the same place. Um, he who loves his neighbor, um, he who says he loves God and does not love his neighbor um, is lying. <laughs> and um, yeah. Uh, do you want to say anything there before I move on? Yeah, I think there's, I think that's something very important to understand. I just had a, I just had a situation this morning. We had a woman who is basically homeless living, living inside interior near the church and Sherman Oaks is just a very expensive place. So um, she was kind of riding the wave of the, of the COVID um, protections for, for leasers and renters. And then it finally caught up. And so now she had to be downtown. Anyway, she needed a ride this morning and I, I gave her a ride. And she's very beautifully simple in the way she's, because she's unbaptized, you know, just kind of learning the basics of Christianity. And she's very simple in the way that she, beautifully simple in the way that she's kind of saying, like she'll say something like, is it okay? Is it okay to, to trust God and still be anxious, you know? And I go, yes. Yes, like, like that's how most of us are. She says, "Is okay to to trust God and still be afraid that I'm going to be on the street?" Yes, yes, mm-hmm. of course, that's okay. Is it is it okay that I get frustrated with God sometimes, and yet I still want to love Him? Yes, yeah. I, I, it's just like Aww. the way the way that she says, and that there's we we need to kind of as we develop and understand who god is and who we are in a relationship with him we begin to realize that god is not a solution he's not the the fulfillment of all of our desires that we have now he's the fulfillment of the desires that we should have mm. the desires that are most proper to us and we need to hone and 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 clip and prune through his power all the desires for what we have now and all the things we ask him for now. So to hear, when we ask him for something now, he says, he says, yes, I want to, I, I will give those to you or I won't give those to you based upon how that prepares your heart and forms it to, to desire what you will really, really, really make you happy. Mm-hmm. But, but we don't, as we get, more mature in this spiritual life, or at least we read other people who are more more mature in the spiritual life, we see that their awareness of sin increases, mm-hmm. that their their fear of God increases, their 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 desire, you know, their need for asceticism increases, and in this case, their their desire increases. And 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 at some point in our spiritual journey, we'd say, well, I don't want that. Like the, my my unfulfilled desires now are so overwhelming. Why would I want more? Unfulfilled desires. Why would I want? Why would I want my desires to be more impossibly unfulfilled in this life? Um, but but that's why God doesn't reveal that aspect of the spiritual life to us when we're still 
young in the spiritual life because he doesn't want us to get overwhelmed by the path he's leading us on, but all those little desires, all the little ways he fulfills those and hones them and prunes them and disciplines us and calls us to conviction and leads us to repentance. All those little ones expand our ability to receive the greater desires and even our appreciation and joy in those desires because they truly are joyful desires to have. And the fact that they are impossibly fulfilled in this world except by God himself, which is fulfilled on the next, that becomes a, a great mystery, but also the, the overwhelming joy of our heart is to have that desire ever increase because we know the bigger that desire is, the more it'll be fulfilled. And and the, the, the more capacity we have for desire, the, the bigger the fulfillment of that desire is. And since that fulfillment is infinite, Therefore, our capacity becomes infinite as well. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's exactly the point that I want to make is that um, these infinite desires can only be fulfilled um, in eternity, right? You know, it's like it's like you and I have talked about on the podcast before about how it can be really detrimental to tell people who are discerning celibacy, like, well, your desire for marriage and your desire for children will just be fulfilled <laughs> in a different way. Right. Yeah. Um, as a celibate, like, or yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, which, which that's not even, th- those aren't even the struggles that I'm having right now. So it's like very easy to talk about that right now. But, um, but the truth is like some of those things will not be fulfilled until heaven. Um, like they will be in Christ ultimately, but not necessarily in this life. Like there will always be that ache for marriage and children, right? If you're a celibate. Um, and um, what that ache looks like changes as time goes on, you know? Um, but there's always that ache there. And, but like how many people also enter marriage thinking that this is what's going to fulfill them, that they're never going to feel lonely again, that they're never going to long again, that they're never going to, yeah, like, and it's just, this is the point that I want to make is that all of us will forever have unfulfilled desires until heaven. Um, And that this is a good thing. It's a gift because it makes us want and and strive for heaven, right? Um, And... And it's just like, it's not even always like big things. Um, I had the, I had the chance to, this is really rare. It will probably never happen again, but I had the chance to go on a road trip with a family uh, to a monastery and last month. And um, when I did for a few days of retreat and I stayed the night at their house the night before. Um, and then the night we got back into town before driving, um, back to my parents' house and the morning, um, I don't know why I'm so emotional about this. Um, the, when we came back from the monastery and stay, I stayed the night at their house. Um, the next morning we got up at like five forty-five or something so that I could pray matins with this married couple. The kids were still in bed, but I could pray matins with them on their couch. Um, which like we hadn't really slept all weekend and we still got up at five forty-five to pray matins before the dad went to work. And, and it was just like one of the most beautiful matins mm. I've ever prayed. And I was like, I want this moment to last forever. Um, 
I want to be with this family forever, you know? And we had recently, um, there have been a, a few times recently actually where like we've had someone on retreat that it's like, I didn't even know them before they came on retreat and then they leave and I'm like, I want to be with this person in a non-romantic way, right? That's not what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. but I want to be in communion with this person forever. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm tired of goodbyes and I'm tired of beauties that don't last. Um, I'm tired of <laughs> sunsets that don't last forever. And, <laughs> um, and all of the things that are passing uh, because exile is really hard <laughs> and um, but it's really good <laughs> and uh, you know as you're saying that like these these infinite the infinite fulfillment of our desires which ultimately will come in heaven um like that's the point of having the infinite desire is it's one of like c.s lewis talks about this in mere christianity uh of well and it's a philosophical concept before him but um it's one of the proofs of the existence of god right is that every other desire we have has something that fills it. (laughs) Like we have hunger and there's food, there's sexual desire and there's something that fills that. And there's um, thirst and there's water and there's like all of the other, the other desires that we have as humans, there's something that fills them. So this intense desire we have for something greater than ourselves, the natural conclusion is that there's something that fills that desire as well. Um, Sorry. Uh, And we had at Matins uh, this morning, so it was, we were praying the canon for Wednesday, Tone 1 canon. Um, o blessed martyrs, this is from Ode 4. O blessed martyrs and beloved ones of God, the spiritual Pharaoh drowned in the sea, reddened by your blood. He was swallowed up in the crimson sea together with all his armies. Now in the joy of your salvation, again, we're praying to the martyrs here. Now in the joy of your salvation, you have received the promised land as citizens of heaven. And I love the imagery of the promised land. And again, this imagery of the Exodus, because it's the reminder that it's not even like we have to find the fulfillment, um, it's already been promised to us. Like it's already there. It's already waiting for us, but we have to journey to it. Um, and we can't have it right now. And, and so the longing makes sense because it's like the child who's been promised um, a birthday party tonight. Uh, but like all day they have to wait for that party. And that's the natural thing because um yeah. Anyways, uh, I'm kind of just rambling now and crying, and I don't know. You can say things. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the tragedies, and Whaley and I used to talk about this, but one of the tragedies. I love Andrew Whaley. Of these, <laughs> me too. Uh, one of the I tragedies. Want a, I want of heaven. This. I want eternity with Andrew Whaley. 
That's hopefully the plan. Um, the uh, one of the the things that we were, and I, I think it's Jasani, um, the founder of Community Liberation, who Whaley's read a lot a lot about. And I so don't. I'm not speaking on on from that point of view. But that that's one of the topics that we've talked about was that um, how how the world and the devil and the daily grind and all the tragedies and all of our traumas and our anxieties and our regrets and all of these all of these things that the world has has been so saturated with especially these past couple of generations um those have have numbed our just desire you mm-hmm. know that we 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 don't desire anything anymore we we become satiated by by things that are not worth our time we we've become we've become you know content with things that are not worthy of being content with and just simple distractions that actually keep us and the the desire in a sense because God dwells in us builds up underneath but we we keep on pushing it down and saying we're we're satiated with these other things contented by these other things but a but lot of a lot of the saints say that like sin is coming not because we desire too much; it's because we desire yeah, exactly. too little. Yeah, exactly. And so, and so, I just I, I want to commend you um, because the, the, you, even the gift of tears that you have is a revelation that that desire has not been numbed in you, and it, it's a great witness to see somebody. And you know, somebody may just want to shake you and say, "Mother, just like just stop! I like like stop." <laughs> You're too sensitive. <laughs> you're, you're, no, yeah. not too sensitive. You're just, in other words, you, you need you need to get with reality. Like you yeah. need to just, I mean, stop. Like accept who you are, accept where you are, be content with what you have. It's like it's like no, no. Like like they get, they, but they're basically saying like this is not going to end in this life. Are you really willing, mother, to to cry every single day because you have desires greater than can ever be fulfilled? Are you really? Do you really want to do that every single day of your the rest of your life? And the answer yes. is, of course, yeah. yes, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. so that, that's a really beautiful witness you have of somebody who has not let their desires become numbed, who who is is discontent with the the contentedness that the world has to offer and the contentedness that the world says, you know, I mean, this, this has, this plays out in so many ways, you know, in, in, in the fact that, that social justice trumps a relationship with Christ or trumps our desire for holiness as if the only role of the church was to make people content in this world, you know, sometimes, you know, Certain poverties. I'm not going to speak to material poverty because material poverty needs to be taken care of. Like I, I was, I was driving through Skid Row this morning. It's like we need to do something like that. Like the, these, these souls that live in Skid Row um, do not have a chance to seek holiness because their basic needs are not being met, including the need for beauty, food, water, rest, peace, freedom from oppression, things like this. That that needs to be obliterated. We need to put a lot of work into that. But there are certain poverties, like the ones we're talking about here. That 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 actually can help increase our desire, our appreciation of mystery, our our love of God, and and our our gratitude towards Him, and so the alleviation of all forms of poverty is not the goal, and and it, and it can even be can be harmful because those of us who see some lack, which is what poverty used in this sense is, when we see that lack, we come to understand, like Saint Luke says, "Blessed are the poor." We come to understand that 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 lack is is a good thing because 
we refuse to to be satiated in this world because there's so much more that that is is prepared for us, planned for us, offered to us in Christ, um, and and we we could actually harm our receptivity to what He really wants to give us if we're too contented by the things that we're in control of or that that we can receive in this world and that alone. <clears throat> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I guess that's a good lead in to, I was going to say a couple of other things, but maybe instead I will sing by the waters of nice. Babylon. Um, awesome. but you're going to have to think of a transition out of that. Cause otherwise we're just going to really weirdly end when I sing. And well, you're have to- let's, how about we do the spiel first and then you sing it right before my blessing. Okay. Um, I want to give some context of it, though. Nice. Um, and we can, do, we can do it the other way too. It's up to you. I just no, it's okay. I'll give some context, and then okay. I'll give some context, and then spiel, and then we can do it before the blessing. Um, so this is this is from. It's a hymn that's written uh, from Psalm one thirty seven, one thirty six Septuagint, and it's about the the Babylonian exile, and um, it's. The the whole song, the whole psalm, um, is this lament, um, remembering Zion and and remembering like, and just basically like yearning to go back to Jerusalem, right? Um, and and it's references when when the Babylonians um, ask them to. Uh, like want them to sing their like happy, joyful songs. Um, and, and then it ends with, so the hymn doesn't end with this part. The hymn, the hymn ends with like, um, uh, I don't remember exactly how it's phrased, but basically the hymn ends with like, they'll get what's coming to them. Uh, but the Psalm ends, it's the Psalm that ends with the verse that's taken out in, um, most of the Roman liturgies, I think at this point, but the happy are they who take their infants and dash them against the rock or something like that. Um, the fathers interpret this verse as, at least the fathers that I've read, I'm sure there's multiple interpretations, but as um, the infants in the sense of we are supposed to, it's it's a reference to watchfulness. Like we need to catch our sin at its very earliest stages and dash it against the rock. And so, um, we sing this psalm in the three weeks leading up to the great fast. I think we just started it last week, so I think three weeks. And um, it's yeah to help us enter the, into this this lament, this this yearning for Eden to go back to Eden, actually, um, and to remember that we're strangers in a strange land right now that we're in, in exile, that we're on pilgrimage. Um, and, uh, yeah. And I think like, I'm kind of, I, I say this in a very not arrogant way. Like, I think I'm really the perfect person to witness to this because, um, everyone who knows me and everyone who's listened to this podcast knows that like, I have a very deep joy, right? Um, joy is one of my greatest gifts. And so it's not like as we're living in this exile and we're, we're lamenting not being in heaven. It's not like that means that we should be walking around all the time with our 
with our faces down and just weeping that we're not in heaven right now. Like there's still so much joy. Um, but as the joy increases, the pain and that yearning for for eternal beauty also increases, right? Because it's like, as the joy increases, the yearning increases of like, I want this joy forever and I don't want it to, yeah. Um, I want to live in this joy. Um, and and that's what heaven is. Um, so... Yeah, I think that's good context. I don't know. Do you think that's enough context? Yep, absolutely. Okay, great. Um, so it taught for- me something too. I wasn't quite sure why we only heard it in the beginning or before the great fast began rather than during the great fast, but that makes sense. I mean, quite honestly, that's my interpretation of it. I didn't yeah, read that anywhere. It's just, I'm like, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm very willing to be corrected on that, Father Deacon Jonathan. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not saying that because he's, a mean person who always gives corrections, but because he's like one of the most knowledgeable people I know about all the things. <laughs> um, okay. So spiel. The first thing I want to say is that, uh, as a lot of, you know, we give prayer intentions at the end of our podcast. And, um, we also post those prayer intentions on our social media on Fridays. Um, uh, the two days following them coming out on the podcast. And we invite you to share your prayer intentions as well. Um, We wanted to make sure that you know that those prayer intentions also go up on our website, whatgodisnot.com. So if you are during the great fast, fasting from social media, and you still want to see those prayer intentions, they also go up on our website. Um, So there's that. That's our website. We're on the social media things. We are also on Goodreads and YouTube audio only. Um, for now, maybe someday we can do video and, um, you can email us at what God is not podcast at gmail.com. You can support our nonprofit Fotina, um, at Fotina.org. That's P-H-O-Tina.org. Uh, we, that money goes towards tithing, towards, um, supporting other evangelization ministries like our own and, um, also towards this podcast and towards helping um, all of those mentioned in in Matthew twenty five, um, trying to to serve Jesus and serve the least of our brethren in that way. Um, we're trying to help out right now uh, someone who um, is recently caught up in due to an um, unexpected death, having to take on some extra childcare, and so we're trying to help them out right now. Um, yeah. If you, if this episode or any episode really helps you and really makes you think of somebody else who might be helped by it, then please do feel free to share it with them. Um, that's kind of the best way that the word gets out about the podcast and also by reading and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I feel like that's it. Do you feel like that's it? That's enough. We do it every time. So if you miss something, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, we can do the five right. names or no. Yes, um, okay. I do have them pulled up, but I appreciate that look of panic. Yeah, so if you do, if you support <laughs> us on Patreon, um, and um, one of the benefits to supporting us on Patreon is that we um, give a um, a shout out, a thank you, uh, and eventually we will do those as they come in, but right now we are still catching up, so we're doing five at a time. So thank you to Benjamin O from Washington. (laughs) Um, Sometimes the initials for the 
states make me think. Kevin B. from Texas. Christopher C. from Canada. That's a country. I probably should have said British Columbia. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Chad C., also from Texas. And Emerson. I haven't heard the name Emerson in a very long time. Emerson S. from Australia. Um, Sorry, I don't know what the initials W.A. mean in Australia. Um, From W.A. Australia. Emerson S. (laughs) That sounds like a radio station. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, So... Thank you all for your your support of our ministry. Um, prayer intentions. Um, I want to pray for... Who do I want to pray for? Can you go first, Father Michael? I know I'm supposed to, but... Sure. Okay. I want to pray for Western Australia because that's what that really stands for. <laughs> So all of those in Western Australia, I just looked it up. Um, I also want to pray for, there's the people that came to mind during this podcast. Um, those who I, I'm not going to say their names, but I've had a lot of, it's been a long day already and it's only a uh, 1.30 here. Um, but mm. all the people in Skid Row, as well as the person I was helping out down there this morning, as well as the person I talked to on my drive back up to the parish as well as poor Rick who came to prayer this morning and I had to run out because I had to get down to Skid Row and then back up here in time to do this podcast. So I had to have him pray by himself this morning Um, and also pray for me because I did not get my morning prayer in yet and it is now the afternoon um, because I had a sick call. Um, So anyway, uh, so for all of those people, I'm just going to write them in as the people who I... (laughs) engage with this morning. God knows who they are and thank you for your prayers for them. Okay. Um, I still don't have anything. Uh, Pray for me and my tender heart and (laughs) it's just really hard. I'm having a really hard time and it's good and it's beautiful, um, but it's painful and I just want heaven um, not in any sort of like suicidal way, just in a (laughs) Um, Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. That. <laughs> um, and yeah. So, nope, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that part of your heart with us. It really yeah. was. I think a lot of people will be moved. I was certainly was um, by this episode. Thank you for that vulnerability and for sharing what what we all, as much as it may be painful and sen- and sensitive, but we all we all want that desire, whether we know it or not. So, thank you for revealing that to us. All right, I will sing by the waters of Babylon. Um, it's a few minutes long, so if you are a hashtag him hater, <laughs> skip ahead um, a couple of minutes for the blessing. But um, also, I'm really sorry. I really do like mess up part of this hymn every time I sing it, and so it's just gonna it's gonna happen. By the waters of Babylon, Alleluia. There we sat down and we wept when we remembered you. Zion, when we remembered you, O Zion, Alleluia, 
was there that they asked us Alleluia. Our captors for songs, our oppressors for joy. Sing to us, they said, one of Zion's songs. Sing to us, they said, one of Zion's songs. Alleluia, Alleluia. How could we sing, yes, sing Alleluia? of the Lord, the song of the Lord, on alien soil, sing the Lord's song on alien soil, Alleluia. Alleluia. Oh, Babylon, destroyer. Alleluia. One is happy who repays you. One is happy who repays you. All the ills that you brought on us. Alleluia. Alleluia. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Alleluia. Now and ever and forever. Amen. And forever. Amen. Alleluia. Beautiful. Thank you, Mom. Love you. Love you too. Can you give us a blessing? May I bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord give you peace and a ever-increasing desire for the things worthy of that desire. May he 
increase the capacity of your heart to truly be discontent with everything except him and his kingdom. May our Lord allow this great fast, this Lent, to be oriented towards that end. And may he allow this ache to, in the end, be a very joyful ache and rejoice in the mystery of it and the fact that it is unfulfilled until heaven. May that be a joy to you and to all those you influence. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.